Ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today I have on board the talented Simon Bedard of Exit Advisory, and together we discuss the highlights of the recent huge event of the Buy, Grow, Sell Summit. Now, this is a great episode for anyone that attended the event and wants a reminder of the highlights, together with anyone who didn't have their chance to attend and wants to access the replays that are now available. This episode is a must-listen-to episode, and we can't wait to share with you. Here's our discussion with Simon. Simon, welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast. So good to have you on the show at the end of this mammoth summit that we've just run. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me on again. It's always a pleasure. And yeah, it's been a very, very busy couple of weeks, hasn't it? I mean, you know, I mean, beyond the summit, even the lead up to it was massive. Absolutely, absolutely. But you, you know, I'm just, um, I'm just so excited. We had literally thousands of businesses coming along to the summit. Clearly, it hit a real nerve. Um, you know, a, a whole heap of information that business owners just don't regularly get exposed to. And um, yeah. maybe what we should do, and today in this is very quick podcast, I just wanted to give a bit of a rehash for anyone who didn't have the opportunity to attend the summit. Um, we've still got an opportunity for you to now access replays, but just thought we'd give you a, a quick, you know, rehash of what you missed so you can, yeah. you can find out what you missed. So, and if you're interested, you can get access to the recordings. But maybe why don't we kick it off, Simon, by talking about what the whole idea of the summit was, like why yeah. why we started it. Yeah, good idea. Sorry, Joe, I'm cutting across you there, but it's um, no, great idea. I mean, look, uh, let, let's talk about the, the concept here, right, because, you know, buy, grow, sell, you know, and, uh, you know, putting that into a summit. I mean, really the idea of buy, grow, sell is that business owners are on a journey, right? And, and rather than I think, you know, we have this context, I think, in the Western world that life is linear, right? It's we're all on this straight line of life and, and I think, you know, in other cultures, especially a lot of Eastern cultures, they see it more as life being a cycle, you know, and we constantly are going through cycles in life, in our family, in our own mental health and all these sort of different things. And, you know, fundamentally, business is a cycle too, right? Mm. Um, and I think if you look at a, a, that sort of circular process and see where buy, grow, sell, sit, I mean, really what it's saying is if you're a business owner, you are on this cycle at some point. Now, maybe you don't own a company at the moment, but you're looking to either, you know, you're looking to get into business. Well, if you're looking to get into business, you know, really, you're either going to buy a business or you're going to do a startup, right? Um, and similarly, when you want to grow a business, you've got two options again. You either grow organically or you acquire more companies to grow. Yeah. Right? So people uh, are somewhere in that kind of they're either buying a business or they're growing a business from either startup or they're well-established. And at some point, we all exit our business, whether we like it or not, right? So, you know, I think with Grow, you know, ultimately, succession planning and all that sort of stuff is really a natural part of growing. 
And you may actually grow yourself out of your own business. You may still own the asset for many years to come. Um, but let's be honest, at some point too, you do divest your shares, right? And, and that might be through selling your business or let's be honest, you may hand them down and you will. Um, so, but either way, you are going to stop being the owner of that business one day. So uh, ultimately, we are all on that cycle. And and look, some people will buy a business, grow it, and sell it, and jump back in the cycle and do the merry-go-round. I was again, about right? to say that. I was about to say that because we do. We have lots of clients who do that. They sell out, and then they say, "I'm done. I'm exhausted." And then yeah. you know, after six months of sitting on the beach, actually, yeah. I'm right back I in know. again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, as one of my mates said to me, he goes, "Mate, I can only play so many bloody games of golf before I just I'm I'm bored." You know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So look, I think it, you know, this summit was very much about recognizing. Recognizing and, and the whole buy, grow, sell um, concept is about recognizing this cycle, this journey that business owners are going on and saying, well, what are the core sort of pivotal things on this journey that they really want help with? And that's typically, how do I buy a business? How do I grow my business? And, and growing means not just revenue and profit, but also how do we actually grow value? Um, and ultimately, if you're going to sell, what does that look like? And so, you know, this summit, brought together some of the best industry experts around those core three topics. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I'd add to that as well is um, was something that really came out of the questions that were asked during the summit really reminded me of the benefit of when you're in a sell phase, being able to see it from the buy, buyer side as well. When you're in yeah. a buying phase, being able to sell it from, see it from the seller's side of the fence as well, but then yeah. also when you're in growth, growing with an understanding of exit along the way. And that perhaps yeah. is one of the most fundamental um, moments, so bits of education, I think, that really come out of something like this, the viewing of it as a cycle. It's about that early concept of the need to understand the principles of valuation to ensure yep. that you're growing in the right way. Yeah, look, you're spot on. I mean, it's it. I, I've definitely seen over the years this talking about exiting your business is almost like a dirty word to some business owners. It's mm. they feel they're betraying the business or their baby or something like that, and it's it's really not. I mean, it's just a natural part of the cycle. It's you know, like no, nobody, you know. I mean, we all pass away one day, right? Like, I mean, that's just a natural, normal part of life. It's just mm. it's just the way it is, and so. You know, I think like many things in life, if we start with the end in mind and we say, well, we know that this is going to happen, we know we are going to exit at some point, what would I really ideally like that to look like one day? Um, and funnily enough, I think when people start to look at their business through that lens, sometimes what they come up with is very different to what they originally thought. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we want to just empower people with the the frameworks and the tools and the tips and the things to be able to look at their life and their business through that lens and learn how to start building backwards and make sure that when they they get off the merry-go-round at some point, that they look back with a sense of happiness and pride and achievement and and fundamentally purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And and one other thing actually that interested me um, about the summit and, and the people that we had attending the summit was some advisors attending the summit as well. Say, for example, accountants who really wanted to make sure they properly understood this journey 
for their clients as well. And of course, they understand, you know, they'll often work with their clients buying or exiting, but just, you know, getting fresh ideas on on where the problems are and where the education gaps are for their client. I think that was the other element. Absolutely. Um, You know, I think it's, I think when you're a professional services company, which accountants are like we are, um, you know, it's about people and and not just the people in your firm, it's about your clients, right? And you care about them. You actually want them to get good outcomes and have that, you know, have a positive journey as well. And as we know in Australia, you know, a lot of people tend to go to their accountant when they have, you know, fundamental questions around their business. Um, And so, which is great. I mean, the accountants are there and will have their best interests at heart. Um, But a lot of accountants don't necessarily go deep into the kind of exit planning staff and they don't necessarily do a lot of transaction stuff, even though they may fundamentally know how that kind of broadly works. They don't run those processes. Mm. You know, they don't walk people through an exit planning process. And so it does become a really nice complement to what they do because it doesn't conflict with their traditional business in any way, shape, or form. Mm. Um, in actual fact, that, that kind of stuff usually creates a lot of extra work for the accountants because you know, they're, they're assisting on the journey, right? Yeah, so. yeah, and particularly on the acquisition side, you know, I think there, I think there's a huge opportunity for accountants mm. to recognise and really engage with this opportunity of. Um, acquisition for growth of their clients. Yep. So yep. I think that was something that was a big um, opportunity for accountants to think about um, as we went through that buy, that, that buy day. Um, yeah, look, to- totally agree. And, and, you know, one of the things I guess we've been saying for many years, as I know you have, is that acquisitions as a strategy, as a growth strategy, it's not just for the big boys. It's mm. not just for the big end of town, right? Like small companies, small businesses in Australia can massively benefit from acquiring other businesses to grow. Mm. Um, and, you know, one of the things I know we talk about a lot on that buy day is the different things that you might be trying to buy, right? You know, may- maybe you just want to uh, offer your same services in another state um, or region. So, you know, acquiring somebody there who has a footprint and clients, et cetera, can just massively expedite your growth strategies, um, you know, your geographic plans. Sometimes it's about acquiring different skills or products or services that you want to, that complement what you do. Um, You know, I think bottom line, I mean, when we talk a lot about this sort of whether you're buying or growing um, organically is that you're looking for these leverage points, right? We we Mm. all want one plus one to equal three or certainly more than two. Yeah. Um, You know, (laughs) and, 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 and acquisitions gives you that opportunity. Absolutely, they do. Well, let's um, let's maybe just run through the days very quickly, not a long rehash, but I just want to focus on some of the highlights that came yeah. out of the days for, for our listeners. Um, of course, the amazing Kate Carnell, the former Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman, opened the summit for us um, with a bang. And I think the highlight for me there was just like that reinforcement of the importance of small business and SMEs to the economy as a whole. We all know it. Yeah. It's just that reminder, you know, and that the government yeah. has that firmly in their sights for, for the future. Yeah, and, you know, I, I love Kate. I think she's fabulous. She's such a great representative for small businesses and family businesses in Australia and, well, frankly, anywhere, but she happens to be based here in Australia. Um, but one of the couple of the key messages I really took away from her talk as well was, you know, she, we talked to, she talked about some of the um, keys to success, 
right? And and she links this all the way back to sort of Darwin and his studies around, you know, biology and, and ultimately, you know, evolution. And she said, you know, the, the fundamental thing around a species' ability to survive was not that they were the smartest, the fastest, the best looking. It was their ability to adapt to change. Mm. And, you know, you put that into a business context, man, that is super, super powerful, right? Like, you know, you don't always have to be the best, but if you could just keep evolving or if you expect change to happen, then you are going to be far better at adapting to it. And and the sort of second um, or the flip side of that same coin was, you know, she talked about... Um, Ooh, I'm, I'm struggling now to remember who the quote came from. It was one of the big generals. Um, but she pointed out that if you're not taking active steps and making decisions for fear of, you know, the risks or, you know, oh, geez, I'm not sure if we should do this because we might not win or we might lose, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Not making decisions for fear of risk actually increases your risk. So in other words, Doing nothing is still a decision, yeah. right? And yeah. doing nothing can have some pretty severe outcomes when the world around you is changing so quickly. Well, and that, I mean, obviously, that whole point of change and the benefit of being able to evolve quickly is so relevant to where we are right now and to where we've been through COVID. And and then that was just such a good lead on to Warren Hogan, um, the chief economist from Judo, talking about this macroeconomic perspective. And look, economics can be boring sometimes, right? But this was super interesting. I just thought yeah. that whole, you know, I love data um, and I love looking at what the data is suggesting. I mean, you know, it's still a bit fortune teller-ish. <laughs> we still have to work out what, you know, we're still trying to predict the future through data because it's still in the future, who knows. But just the the trends um, in the data that were backing up, for, for me, one of the main um one of the main things I took away was this discussion on um, the tight labour force we have at the moment. So the labour market is tight. We've, we all, you know, um, I have discussions with our clients on a daily basis about issues in finding finding the right people, finding enough people within the business. And, and it's particularly, it's become particularly intensified in the last year or so. But Warren was talking about this as being an issue that the data is telling us is going to get worse into the future. As we see our baby boomers retire and as we see the impact on, um, you, you know, the labour the labor market in entirely. So from my perspective, I just thought, wow, that means we are forced to come up with new ways of looking at solutions to this problem. Yeah, yeah, and Warren sort of certainly highlights digitization as as part of that strategy, right? And and you know, building system and process around this kind of merge and evolution of technology. Um, but I, I just think you know, going back up to sort of ten thousand feet here. But the thing I like about what Warren was talking about is is that he's talking about what's going on in the ocean, right? Like we're all all of us with our little businesses, we're all little small boats in the ocean, right? And I think sometimes as business owners, we can get a little bit too caught up on what's tinkering on our own engine and our own little things in our own little boat when really that what's going on in the ocean and the, and the waves around us, that actually is going to have a far bigger impact on our outcome 
than whether or not we've tinkered with one or two little things in, in, in our little bucket. Absolutely. And so, You're so right, Simon. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I think it's just, you know, we've got to sometimes lift our head up, look over the horizon, get up to that 40,000 foot, you know, whichever analogy you want to use, mm. but get a sense of what's going on with the big moving things around you. Because once again, that adaptability point, if you can adapt and evolve to those big moving things a bit faster than other people, you're likely to win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, and then we moved on to what I thought was a fabulous uh, panel session, of course, because you and I were on it along with um, Tony Saker, um, the CEO of Bentleys, um, talking all about the reasons why growth through acquisition can be such a great alternative to the traditional path of organic growth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, um, and we didn't sort of touch too much on this because it's more about the buyer focus than it is the seller. But, you know, if you think about it, you, when you look to the big end of town, if you look at where the big capital flows are happening in, in an economy, that's that's the smart money, right? It's, it's t- typically the people with the most capital pouncing on the biggest possible opportunities, right? Mm. And if you think about um, large companies are out there acquiring businesses all the time. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah, and and, and they've got the benefit of this little thing we call EBIT arbitrage, right? Mm. Where, you know, if if I'm a a listed company and I'm trading at 20 times my profit and I go and buy your business at three times your profit, well, I've only kind of got to wash your money through my business for a year and all of a sudden I've made a fabulous return on that investment, right? I've mm. taken your three times and made it 20 times in a year. Like, what a great deal, right? Now, it's, it's, it's a little bit harder when you're not listed, but this concept can be applied to those smaller businesses around, well, how do we build those, those fundamental building blocks, mm. right? Money's cheap still. As Warren pointed out, interest rates are going to go up, sure, but what are they going to go up from 2% to 3 mm. I mean, like, it's really, this is still a fantastic time to be using those big macro factors but driving it down into small business. Yeah. And, look, I I think that was one of the huge themes out of not just the buy day but the the summit as a whole. Um, And I just saw in the conversation, I saw the businesses who are in attendance really start to take on board that that as an opportunity that they perhaps hadn't engaged with properly before. Um, And I love that. I love being able to bring, you know, that something that is just a a fundamental opportunity that is being overlooked by so many to to those business owners that are willing to to look at things that are outside the the average small to medium-sized business square because, of course, it's not at all outside the usual viewpoint, as you said, of larger businesses. It's just SMEs, you know, who in Australia who have been a little bit slower to, to take up the idea. Yeah, and I think, and, and, and it makes sense, right? Most people just haven't done this before. And it's so, uh, you know, how do we, um, you know, they're probably less inclined to lean into that because they've been running a business where if we want to grow, we do more marketing and we hire another salesperson. That's kind of the, the go-to answer for so many businesses. Um, I guess the message to most business owners out there who might be listening to this as well is that there is a really great, and robust and process around buying businesses. It's it's a very well beaten path. Right? Yeah. This is yeah. not you are not trailblazing a new kind of avenue or new new direction here. 
you know, if you get the right kind of people around you, you can put a really solid process around this. It's likely to get you a really good outcome. Um, I, I had one client actually said to me, um, they were looking at, you know, complete acquisition strategy. And, and he said, look, you know, the challenge for me is that if I do the traditional route, he goes, what do I do? I'm going to have to hire a salesperson. Now I'm going to want a decent salesperson. So I'm going to have to pay them 120 grand a year base, plus, 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 plus with comms and whatever else. There's no guarantee that person's going to actually deliver anything. Mm. So I'm actually still taking on a hell of a lot of risk. Absolutely. But if I took 100 grand and dropped it into driving a really solid acquisition strategy, well, yes, there is still a risk that I won't get the deals I want, but there's still risk in everything. But at least with this, if I find an acquisition target I like, once the deal's done, I instantly get all that revenue. I instantly get that growth. It speeds things up, probably spend the same money in the end. Um, you know, so it's it's just a smart thing. And I think, you know, Tony Saker made the point in those uh, discussions that it's not just about pulling one lever or the other, you know, mm-hmm. organic versus acquisitions. You know, the really good operators know how to kind of use both of those levers in tune with each other and, yeah. and make it a combined strategy. Yeah, such a good point. And and I guess in the afternoon, you know, um, that's what we did. We went into the mechanics. I talked all about risk um, and more about the opportunity as well, sort of um, setting out exactly what that opportunity is in acquisitions, um, whether through growth or investment or, or whatever the other reasons for acquisition might be for a buyer um, and how to drive deal success. We then had um, Judo Bank, Stephen from Judo Bank, talking all about how to fund acquisitions. We had Kobe Simat from Best Practice Biz talking all about what to do next after you've bought your business. And then, of course, we had the fabulous Claire Long talking all about the people side, so how to integrate people and culture, which, of course, is such an important element of acquisitions. Yeah, and, and you know what, and maybe this is a good segue, I guess, into into the grow day, but I would even say with what Claire's talking about, you know, you, you don't run a business mostly, mostly, <laughs> you don't run a business without people. And, you know, it's such an important resource. It's such an important component. If you don't get your people strategy right internally in your business, you're going to have problems. And yeah. somebody like Claire is fabulous at helping people work that stuff out. So, um, yeah, really, really double down on that if I, if I was, uh, if that was me. So. Yeah, brilliant. And then, of course, we went on to grow, which is all about how not just to grow and scale your business, but to also do it while maintaining a life. So that was really the theme of a lot of the discussions that we had in the grow day, which were, you know, I, I thought were just brilliant. You know, it's funny, Joe. I, I remember um, I was at a business awards function one night, and um, and uh, there's a, a young lass, Jemima Ashley. There, she'd received an award. She's she's a absolutely, you know, fascinating, lovely human. And, and uh, she got up in her acceptance speech, and she goes, "Just a massive shout out to all of you who've started a business here. You know, entrepreneurs, people starting businesses. You're the only people in the world." that quit a 40-hour week for an 80-hour week for half the money. And <laughs> I just couldn't stop laughing. I went, oh, my God, anyone who started a business just will totally relate to that, right? <laughs> now, so it feeds back to this thing, though. You, you can't keep doing that forever, right? Like, and, yeah. and look, a lot of people listening to this will have really good established businesses. You know, I mean, you and I both work with clients who are turning over, you know, many, many millions of dollars. But how much does it take from you, right? Yeah. Even yeah. if you're making good money, I mean, if you're working 60 hours a week, 
that's probably a, a, an issue, you know. Yeah. Um, if you're working more than that, it's definitely an issue. So how do you how do you kind of grow in a way that makes sense and and you know it doesn't cost you too much too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and of course that's exactly what you were talking about, Simon, all about growing the value of your business. And and I love your perspectives on it because, of course, you come from the real perspective of what is it actually worth at exit um, because yeah. there can, you know, there's many different ways to look at value of the business, but ultimately yeah. value in dollars at the end of the day is what you can crystallise, <laughs> you know, yeah. What, yeah. how much you get for it. Yeah, rubber's got to hit road at some point, right? And I mean, I think we've certainly seen um, businesses over the years. I don't, you know, I've seen companies turning over 30, 40 million bucks that are fundamentally about to go out the door because they've not managed that balance between acquiring market share and driving profitability and driving value into their business, right? Mm. And they end up getting sold for whatever their physical assets are worth. It's mm. like what a what a disaster! What a horrible, horrible outcome! Yeah, is for a business and business owners to spend years building a business to that level, only to be broken down to their component parts and yeah. uh, and and sold off. It's it's yeah, not great. But do you know some? I've dealt with some um, many business owners at that exit point that just haven't even realised that there could have been a different way for their business because they view their industry as the type of industry where. You know, you just can't, it's all around you as the business owner. And I guess that's that's sort of the light that we were trying to shine, wasn't it? That it doesn't have to be like that. For sure. And it's the perennial problem with, with professional services companies, right? It's usually based around or started around somebody, a person, a profile, somebody who's good at something. They start a business because they're good at it, the business grows, but it often revolves in, and requires a lot of input from them. And, you know, shifting that, Getting away from an owner-reliant company, um, you know, and, and certainly um, Dave Jennings from Systemology talked a lot about how to build systems, you yeah. know, how to build a company based on on system and process rather than just the individual personality. Um, you know, what a what a critical factor, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and I think the other part to that, and I tried to touch on this in my talk a little bit, is is about revenue models. You know, and you know, we've all heard about SaaS companies selling for ridiculous amounts of money. Well, the reason they sell for ridiculous amounts of money is because they've got ridiculously reliable income source. Yeah. You know, revenue streams. It's, 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 it may sound like a, a no-brainer, but I just think if you're not looking at ways to build that into your business, at least for a portion of your revenue, you're doing yourself a disservice because, yeah. frankly, this is the way the world works now. Oh, absolutely. That is just absolutely so true. And of course, that links to valuation in the sell day. But before we got there, we had some incredible speakers. We had Glenn Carlson from Dent, um, which is, I, I, you know, I just thought his discussion points were really insightful. We had Kobe Simat from Best Practice talking all about how you can take nine weeks off, which of course is um, is a fabulous idea for many business owners who are sitting there in the grind of the day to day. Um, and then we we really sort of oh I've, I almost for, forgot Rebecca Mahalik from Business Depot and also from Practice Ignition, talking all about building a client centric professional services firm as you scale. And obviously for many professional services businesses that holding on to that client centricity 
as you scale is that it can actually be a really tricky thing to do. So um, mm. I, I thought that sort of concept is such a good thing for us as business owners to reflect on how we actually, how we maintain that whilst we scale. Right? I think you're right. I mean, it's being in business at its absolute core is about how do we actually achieve certain outcomes with limited resource, right? It's, it's actually about a resource allocation thing. It is, yeah. You know? Because if we had endless resources, we wouldn't even need to be around because we'd just throw stuff at it and we'd be hugely inefficient. But, you know, <laughs> but, but it wouldn't matter. But how do we do? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, but, and, and so the business owner's journey is always usually about having one too many balls in the air. You're juggling lots of different things. You're on tight timeframes and, you know, you're trying to continue to solve problems and make progress. And, you know, hey, look, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And if, if everybody did it, it'd be worth nothing. So, yeah. you know, it's, um, and that's why we're here trying to help, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then in the afternoon, um, it, and a good thing in the recordings, if you were there live, you would have had to make a decision about three different streams to go into. But of course, all of them are available in the recordings now, which is our recruitment industry stream, which was just, you know, I got so many fabulous comments after the end there about, you know, just the the information, the quality of information in that stream. Then we had our accounting industry stream. And I'll tell you what, I felt that the information talked about in that stream where we really dug into the story of these business owners, Ed Chan from Building Chan and Naylor and Rebecca Building Business Depot, really gave us a brilliant insight into building any business not just accounting businesses. And then, of course, we we moved to the building your personal brand um, sessions where we looked at how to write a best-selling book um, yeah. and using LinkedIn and, you know, all of those things that are just so important to consider um, in building a personal brand. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was fascinating. I, I had so much good feedback about Bernadette and Lanaire and all those guys in the personal branding sessions. There was just there was just so much value to be had. So yeah, exciting, exciting session. It was. And then it led on to our last day, which I don't know, you can't choose favorites. I guess it's just like choosing one of your children as a favorite. What what day was my favorite? But I tell you, I, I really I just thought the the third day was just so so interesting. I just loved John Morillo's stories about, you know, when you were talking before, Simon, about the importance of recurring revenue businesses, boy, some of um, John Morillo's examples yeah. sort of brought yeah. that to life, didn't they? Oh, look, absolutely. You know, I think I think when you hear about, you know, and, and oh, look, I should say with John, I mean, the beautiful thing about John is he illustrates every single point with a real life example. Mm. <laughs> you know, is this a problem in your business? Well, this is what these people did to solve it, right? And they didn't just solve it and kind of bounce around. They solved it and it led to massive value. You know, I think one of the examples he gave was Stephanie Breedlove, you know, who sold her business to care.com. I mean, her company turned over about 9 million bucks, right? And, and while we don't know her profit, you know, if you're using standard metrics and the way people think about it, let's say she made a 10% net profit, that's 900 grand. How much would you expect to sell a business like that for? A lot of people would say, oh, three to four times. So maybe she's worth three, four million. Well, then she goes and sells her company for 54 million bucks. Oh, and you just sit there just and go, incredible. wow. Like it, it's just mind blowing. Yeah. But when you reverse engineer it, like we keep talking about, you know, working backwards in things, if you reverse engineer her business, the sale process, 
and what she focused on, there are just so many lessons for all business owners. Mm. And you can't necessarily apply them all. But if you take one of the things that she did in her business and start applying it and just build to the next one and the next one, it's going to change your life. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we had um, someone, Pete Martin, coming in and telling his actual example. So he worked us through how he managed to get 12 times a bit without an earn out on his sale of his professional services business, 12 times a bit. I think there are many, many listeners, me included, that will be very, very happy with that outcome. Oh, for sure. You know, especially especially in a in a sector in an industry, professional services that that classically trades at three, three and a half. You know, there's just so many advisors out there who will lean too heavily on that. Well, you're in this industry, therefore this is your multiple. Mm. You know, and I think, you know, when you hear stories like Pete Martin, you start to realize that not all businesses in the same industry are the same. Mm. And you know what? If you want to be one of the outliers, you want to outperform, there's a reason that that they do. There's a formula behind it. And, you know, if you're willing to actually, here we go with that word again, adapt to change, uh, you know, then ultimately you can pull ahead, you can differentiate differentiate, and you can get a much better result. Yeah. And w- one of the things that I thought was really interesting, not at all surprising, but just very interesting was how he he sort of proved, I guess, the benefit of planning in advance because it seemed like he was just on it from the beginning. He knew what would be value in the mind of a buyer and yep. he just worked hard to make sure what he delivered was that value. And that's why he yeah. got the outcome he got. Absolutely. Absolutely. He engineered it, right? Mm. He engineered it. He understood what the the issues would be when he came time to came time to sell and he engineered the right solution. And I just think that that forward thinking around an exit or an event like that is just critical, right? Um, and even by the way, for anyone listening to this, if you're a business owner and you don't know whether you want to sell or hand it down to the kids or whatever, that's all okay. That's very, very normal. You don't need to have all the answers up front. But if you don't go through some kind of a process to try to understand what are the decisions that you will have to make at some point mm. and what are the variables and the options that will be on your plate, how can you possibly plan for it, right? Yeah. So it, it's, yeah, it's just about you getting a framework around you so that instead of your head spinning around and not knowing what to do, you, you know, you, you might at least be able to point your nose north and know that you're just, you may not know the final destination, but at least you're heading in the right direction. Oh, absolutely. You were so, you were so absolutely right, Simon. And, you know, I guess the thing is we're talking about this not just with abstract theoretical knowledge. You know, we're talking about this because this is what we see day in, day out. You know, we see the examples of businesses who get it. We see the examples of the businesses who haven't been exposed to this sort of information early enough, so therefore haven't prepared themselves. I mean, it's just, it's the reality, isn't it? It is. And, and, you know, you will have been through this, Joe. Um, There's nothing more gut-wrenching for me than having a prospective client come to me and say, Simon, we, I want to sell. I'm, I really need to get out now. Often something's happened in their life that's caused mm. a sudden change, whether mm. it's health for them or a loved one or whatever. Right? Like life throws this shit at us, right? Yeah. That's the thing. Like change and some of it is pretty harsh and rapid change that's required. Mm. But, you know, somebody comes to you in a situation like that and says, can you sell my business? I really need to get this amount of money. Like, you know, I need this money to take care of the next part of my life or loved ones or whatever. Mm. And when you look at the business, 
it's not worth anywhere near the number they need. Mm. And it's heartbreaking. It's it's horrible to see people in these situations and realize that whilst you can help them with so many things, you can't necessarily give them what they really desperately need. Mm. And, you know, and so, so, and wh- why does that come about? It comes about because there's just not been enough thought and planning and effort going into understanding what that end game should look like. Mm. And once again, building towards it, reverse engineering it, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's, I come back to the very comments we made at the beginning of this podcast is if you make no decision, if you don't do anything, like doing nothing is still a decision. It is. And it often carries a hell of a lot more bloody risk than actually exploring things and taking steps. Such a good point. Such a good point. Um, And and I guess just rounding it out, we talked about wealth and uh, I I just thought, um, you know, that is such a critical um, component of of thinking about the growth of your business exit you, of your business, making sure it's part of that broader financial plan, and you understand how yes. it all fits together. Um, and then Simon, you talked about the critical mistakes people make when selling a business, which yeah. you know is so insightful, so right on point. You know, maybe if you can give us a couple of takeaways. Yeah, for sure. Look, I mean, I think the three the three big issues I always see, and we've already touched on some of this, is they have no plan. Is the first they have no process around the you know what the, how they're going to execute, and they don't have a fundamental purpose of what they're going to do in the next phase of their life. So you know the planning stuff we've just talked about, right? Like actually understanding what's important to you from a financial perspective, a timing perspective, legacy and risk and family and all these things that are swirling around in your head, right? You need to go th- work through these things and have a plan. Know what you cannot live with, know what you can't live without, and know what you're willing to compromise on. And then you can start to go on this journey well-armed with, you know, what to expect. The second part being no process. Do you know, Joe, the amount of times I end up with clients who come to me to help them sell their business because they've been tapped on the shoulder before by the proverbial buyer who says, oh, hey, you know, Joe, and usually it's someone they know. Hey, Joe, you know me. We've been around. We've bumped into each other many times. Really interested in buying your business. And isn't that just the greatest ego stroke anyone can get? You know, out of the blue, we hey, we've know who you are and we like you. Mm. <laughs> you know, like it's just, it is a massive ego inflation. And the challenge is, though, that often what happens is that based on this relationship, they go down the rabbit hole on what an acquisition can look like. They get put through the ringer. They end up completely opening the kimono and showing everything they've got. And, you know, even after that, you know, six, nine, even 12 months down the track, this prospective deal all falls over mm. and they feel utterly, utterly scorned. They feel mm. so upset and angry because they've wasted so much time, effort. There is an opportunity cost, right? Because instead mm. of focusing on growing their business, they've been focusing on trying to get this deal done. Mm. And in the end, it's been a massive, massive waste of time, or let's just say a very expensive lesson. Yeah. Why did that happen? Because the seller, the business owner, got put through the buyer's process. And that buyer, that buyer has options. They don't have to just buy your company. They can buy lots of different companies, Mm. whereas you only have one business to sell. So you either put the buyers through your process or they're going to put you through theirs. And I promise you, their process is designed to get them a better result. Mm. So, you know... This is the critical one, right? Don't go down this path unarmed. Don't wake up one day at the base camp of Everest and go, I might climb that today. 
throw some stuff in a bag and slap your thongs on and go for a walk. Like you don't do that. You you plan to climb a mountain. You get your gear in order. You get your team going, and you make sure you've got the right sort of plan in place. So and you start in um, advance, right? You know, yeah, so you do a bit yeah. of training. <laughs> yeah, totally <laughs> you right. Get fit. <laughs> yeah. Stairmaster a little bit. It's probably yeah, the help, yeah. right? So, um, <laughs> and the final point, and 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 you know, look, I've been talking a bit here, but the final point is just having a bit of, of, of a sense of purpose around your life. You are not your business, right? Your business should just be a vehicle for delivering you the life you want. Yes, you may love your business. Yes, it may give you a sense of purpose. Yes, it may be just something you just love doing. Great. That's awesome. But it's still an asset. Yeah. And you should treat it like an asset. And, you know, one day when you move out of that asset or divest that asset, you've got to have somewhere to focus your energies, your attention, that sense of purpose around, or you may well look back with a deep sense of regret and a deep sense of unhappiness. Absolutely. And then, of course, I talked about how to structure the deal and avoid getting sued, which, of course, yeah. is a very important element when you're selling a business. And, and I think these element of structure, how to structure a deal what earnouts look like, when you might use them, how they could benefit you, deferred payments, all of those sorts of things really are just important fundamental education for sellers. Well, well it's crossing the finish line, isn't it? Like, uh, 100%. You know, you, that's you, right. You, you've climbed the mountain and then, you you know, you get all the way to the top of the mountain and you realise you didn't pack enough food and water to get back down again. Like, that's a bit stupid, right? Like, it's, you know, if you don't have a good legal advisor, you know, as part of your deal team who's going to help Make sure that 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 deal is fundamentally put into the right words and locked down. You know, <laughs> there's a good chance yeah. you won't get what you thought you were going to. <laughs> Ab- absolutely, absolutely, and I, and I just, you know, I guess the whole point of that discussion was that many sellers just don't understand that there can be risk that follows them post transaction, and that there can be things that they can do leading into the transaction to minimise that. Well, and then, and of course, we had a very quick discussion about tax as well, which of course is important to every seller. Um, and and I guess then we really, we had another panel and we wrapped up the session. But do you know what? I, I think the one thing that I want to leave our listeners with is the reminder, what we really wanted to do today was give you a quick snapshot of where we went over the summit, um, but also to say it's not too late. There are recordings available. Um, if you missed it, then just check out the show notes and we'll provide um, a link to you so that you can get access to the recordings. But we also had some great um, options for our listeners and we'll extend it to you, um, our podcast listeners as well, um, uh, for a ready-to-acquire product um, a growth product and an exit product. Let's maybe just in two seconds, Simon, whip through each of these so in case our listeners yeah. are interested, they can work out how to take advantage of those in our show notes. Yeah, for sure. So, look, you know, obviously the buy workshop is very much about if you want to acquire a business, this is where you get your game plan in order, right? We understand, create a strategy, put a plan around it, and you walk out that door not only just with a very clear understanding of what needs to happen next, we can even make sure you've got a handful of potential prospects to start talking to already. And I don't, just don't think you could probably get a better outcome from a workshop than that. Oh, absolutely. Um, so it's taking from the concept, which is where we started with is here's the concept of the opportunity. Now here's the workshop where we can actually turn that into a reality for you, give you yeah. the roadmap for it. 
Absolutely. We we don't want to just be educators, right? We want to be implementers. Yeah. And that's, you know, we all know this in business. You only actually, you can have all the ideas in the world. They're worth nothing unless you do something about it. Absolutely. So this is the doing part, right? And that's exactly the same thing with the grow aspect, the grow workshops. You know, you want to grow a, a valuable company that delivers you the life you want. Well, we're going to show you how to do that. We're going to show you all the things that a buyer would look at when you want to sell. How do we fundamentally build value? How do we build you out of the business so you've got more time? And bottom line, Joe, and this is why I love working with you, how do we fortify that value, right? How do we protect it? Because Absolutely. You know, when you start a business, you've got nothing to lose, right? Yeah, you know what? Like I've spent a few bucks you know, buying a name and a domain and blah, 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 not really a lot to lose. You build a business and you build substantial value your perception changes because now you've got something to lose. And Absolutely. so we want to make sure that our clients, the business owners in general, know how to protect that value. Yeah, so they're not blowing themselves up along the way or leaching value out of the business, which is what so many business owners do that's wrong uh, during their growth phase. Definitely. And then last, we moved on to our exit option. So um, there's a whole heap of um, information baked into our exit option, but also individual consultations with your team, Simon, and with our team in terms of helping to make sure you've gotten yourself ready for exit properly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, I think when you're going to go down the exit path, and certainly selling is a big part of this. You need to know what your business is worth, you know, and why. And if you are going to sell it, you need to have some strategic insight into, well, who's the best possible buyer, right? Mm -hmm. And then if you're going to, of course, go down this path, what do you do to prepare yourself both emotionally and, you know, operationally, but legally, what do you do to make sure that you're putting yourself in the best possible position to extract the value you deserve? And you know what? If you can walk away from these sessions with that in hand, knowing where you stand, knowing what you want, and knowing how to get there, well, you're going to be ahead of most of the game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And look, all of those um, those sessions that we talked about, so those workshops and, and exit sessions, you can purchase also from the show notes that you'll find um, at the bottom of this podcast. Simon, I just want to say a massive thank you for coming onto the podcast today, but also um, for all of the um, work that we've done together with the summit. I, I just, you know, I loved the summit. It was exhausting, <laughs> but <laughs> what was. a great process. And we had so many fabulous comments. And um, and look, it was just the process itself. I just found um, so, so important to remind us as well of why we do what we do and the yeah. lessons that we see on a daily basis. Yeah, look, I, I just want to second that, Joe. I mean, it is the why, right? Like, why did we do all this effort? Why did we do all this stuff? Um, you know, if, if you're listening to this, if, you, if you're a business owner, like as far as I'm concerned, you're the person we want to help. Your business owners are the ones out there taking the risks, putting in the effort, all this stuff to, to try to make a change, to, to deliver a result. You know, if you're a business owner, you're the hero of our story. Mm. And we know that you're on this cycle. You're in this journey somewhere. Mm. And so we want to help you on that journey. And, you know, frankly, if you wanted to go and watch videos and all the things that came from the summit, I guarantee you will get value out of it. In fact, if you don't get value out of it, just send me an email. I'll refund your money um, because I'm just so confident 
in the enormous amount of value being delivered by that summit. Frankly, if you just want to get on a call and talk to one of us, we're happy to do that. We are. Because we want, right. we, we want to help. Yeah, so we do. Yep. Let us help you yeah. uh, on your journey. We, it's, it's an honour and a pleasure and we'd love to do it. Simon, just a huge thank you. Thank you for coming on and thank you to you, our listeners. Um, I really hope you're either able to make it onto the summit or see the recordings and you find something of huge value for you. Even just one thing, if you took away one thing, um, any one single thing out of all of the speakers, I think we had more than 25 speakers. If you took just one thing away from one speaker, I think you'd find you making a massive, a massive, creating massive opportunity in your business that wasn't there before. Simon, a huge thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode of the Deal Room Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode today with the fabulous Simon Bedard of Exit Advisory. Now, if you'd like more information about where you can watch the replay of the summit, simply head to the show notes where we link to that. And if you're interested in talking to our lawyers about anything related to buying, selling or growing a business from a legal perspective, then head over to our website at www.aspectlegal.com.au to book a free 15-minute discussion with our legal eagles. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed what you heard today. If you did, please subscribe to the Deal Room podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player to get notifications straight to your phone whenever a new episode is out. Thanks again. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition So see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to The Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. 